like to turn our Bibles to 2 Thessalonians this morning. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, verse 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. So that is within your New Testament uh, letters there, or epistles, as they're also called. Um, and I want to look at uh, several verses of Scripture there once I get there myself. Um, in regards to our future, uh, we all want to know our future. Amen. We're all curious about it, and we're sometimes anxious about it as well, or worried. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, Anthony and Lisa, as they start a new chapter in their life, <laughs> there's a lot of uncertainties that they're facing and that they're trusting the Lord with, right? And there's a lot of things you and I need to trust the Lord with every single week. And so there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we get a great boost, though. We, we, we're given a comforting truth, all right? And so that is a, a, a future perspective. This is a um, the truth that is supposed to be a comfort to us. At the end of this passage there in 2 Thessalonians in verse 17, the Bible says, comfort your hearts. Um, and in verse um, uh, yeah, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. Uh, I think it's in 1 Thessalonians where, again, the truth of the rapture is being referred to, and the scripture says that we ought to use those words to comfort one another. And that's what I want to encourage us with this morning. Uh, the world has enough uh, panic, has enough fear, has enough distress as it is, amen? And where do we go for comfort? <laughs> where do we go to, um, you know, uh, uh, get our, our uh, uh, serenity, our sanity maybe back? Well, we go to the supernatural word of God. Because God knows things that we are not aware of. And he has that bird's eye perspective, so to speak. Amen? And we're down there in the jungle of life and can't always see everything he does. And so in 2 Thessalonians 2, I want to begin reading in verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Now, we'll look at that a little bit later on. And so this is important. It's already uh, 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 trying to raise its ugly head. It's already uh, again and again attempting to fulfill its uh, wicked agenda. The mystery of iniquity, as it's called here. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And so we see there's a restraining influence of God in this world. And we believe that taken away refers to God taking out his bride, taking out the, those that are saved uh, today uh, in the rapture out of this world. And then look at verse 8. It says, Then shall that wicked be revealed. And uh, from the context here, I think we can uh, conclude this is referring clearly to the Antichrist, all right, as he's called in the book of Revelation. And when that wicked, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Notice, how much trouble is God going to have to deal with the Antichrist? None at all. 
Just the word out of his mouth is going to put him in, is going to completely and utterly defeat him. Now, verse 9, it says, Even him, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And folks, that's one of the uh, many reasons why we need to be extremely vigilant, extremely on guard, that we do not just, uh, you know, run excited after every little miracle supposedly happening everywhere. There are also lying wonders we need to be aware of, and it needs to be scriptural. Verse 10, um, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. And we'll look into the book of Revelation, where we get one indicator, I believe, what that is referring to, at least in part. Verse 12 that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, many people um, uh, that, that do actually dare to believe the Bible today, um, they, they wonder and they struggle with, oh man, am I going to you know, have to deal with the Antichrist? Am I going to somehow be deceived? Am I going to somehow have to struggle or face with that? And, um, you know, the, there's no question that we almost on a daily or weekly basis, see the Antichrist's wicked mystery of iniquity uh, trying to raise its ugly head and trying to destroy everything God has made so wonderful in creation, uh, whether that is uh, the family, whether that is um, uh, uh, the church, and so many other things that would give glory to God, the mystery of iniquity is seeking to destroy and seeking to um, put full world control upon himself, and yet God's saying, not quite yet, not yet. And so then the question is, but, but when it is the time, who will be the one who will be deceived by that wicked world ruler? And he will rule the entire world. Well, let's see. It talks about those that receive not the love of, of the truth that they might be saved. Now, let me ask you this. If you love the Word of God this morning, if you believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, the Bible says that you are saved already today. Uh, and furthermore, the Bible says, we see here, that you will not be under the yoke of the Antichrist. You will not be deceived by him. Uh, notice in verse 12, it says, "...who believe not the truth, but at pleasure in unrighteousness." So unless that describes you, you'll be okay. You're safe and secure in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself promised us that no man can pluck us out of his Father's hand ever again. Amen? Now, certainly, you know, and we, we just need to look at, at our government and at our society around us, we see that that um, program and plan of the Antichrist seeking to, to prepare itself and seeking to raise its ugly head everywhere around us, there's no question about that. But folks, we can be assured, we can be comforted, amen, that as long as we love the truth of the Word of God and, and you're saved, by the way, once you're saved, you're saved, amen, um, the fact of the matter is, you know and stand upon the truth. And so the lies of the devil will not be able uh, to trick you in. And um, 
That's a great comfort. Amen? That is a wonderful comfort. Uh, now, we, we, we've looked at the rapture. We've looked at uh, uh, the marriage seventh of the Lamb, the judgment seat of Christ, all these uh, prophecies that God has given. We've looked a little bit there at uh, the history uh, of Israel, of the, uh, its um, uh, chastisement, its repentance, and future restoration. And there's so much more we could look into in regards to Israel. But this morning... I want to take a quick look at some of the uh, participants, some of the uh, players that we see involved in the tribulation period. Now, uh, again, just a quick recap. Remember, how long is that tribulation period that the Bible talks about? Seven years. Amen. Seven years. Now, and there's the first three and a half years. Um, and then uh, uh, the Lord goes uh, to describe the second three and a half years, which will be even worse. <laughs> and so that's why it's, uh, you know, it's being topped on top of that yet, and it's called the Great Tribulation. And uh, the Bible says that the world will suffer judgment and, and the wrath uh, of God and affliction such as has there never been in the history of mankind. And that is almost hard to comprehend, and yet we believe it based upon the Word of God. Amen? So, the first thing then that we see here is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that who will be uh, under the rule of the Antichrist? Well, will be unbelievers. They will be uh, in the tribulation, and those that have rejected the truth of the Word of God, that have rejected the uh, free offer of salvation, given to them by God. Now, there's a second character uh, that we see uh, that will be in the tribulation, and, you know, this is kind of (laughs) obvious, and that's the Antichrist. Um, Now, what's the Antichrist all about? Well, in a nutshell, everything that Christ isn't, all right? He is uh, against Christ, right? He is anti the Lord, Um, I want to look into 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. 1 John chapter 4 in verse 3. And, you know, these things are so um, significant to understand uh, if we want to be, uh, grow in the Lord and become spiritually mature and, and settled in, in true Bible doctrine. But it also sure seems to be more and more applicable as we see the day approaching, uh, as the Bible calls it. Amen. The Antichrist is being described in 1 John 4, verse 3. It says, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. Um, And so the Antichrist's agenda is to deny Christ is to uh, destroy everything that would exalt Christ in this world. And, and he will be this extremely powerful, this, this very charismatic world ruler, and all the world will look to him to solve all of their problems. Um, and he will gain full control over the entire world and have a miraculous popularity. Now, how can he do that? How would that ever happen? <laughs> Well, first and foremost, we recognize that the Antichrist will be under the control of Satan himself. 
And so the more uh, this world is seeking to rebel against God's principles, against God's laws, the more they're driving themselves into that end. We see the unbelievers will be present in the tribulation. The Antichrist will be there, of course, during that seven-year period. But there will also be a false prophet. And we won't take the time to look into all of that this morning. But we read about that in Revelation chapter 13. A false prophet who will be a a religious uh, leader, a cult leader, really, that is empowered by Satan and who, of course, will endorse that Antichrist and will... um, uh, draw the whole world to uh, worship the Antichrist. And again, we see how in Revelation 13, verse 14, how he'll perform all sorts of miracles and he'll deceive the people that will live during that time with those miracles. And, and so we need to have a discerning spirit. Amen. The true God of the Bible certainly is a God that still works miracles. Amen. I, I know that for a fact. I know that I've experienced uh, many of those, whether being answered a prayer or simply by God's good mercy. Just the very fact that you're having to put up with me this morning is due to a miracle of God as I was supposed to be born dead at six and a half months uh, pregnancy. And praise the Lord, God uh, chose differently. Amen. And God uh, did a miracle and... Um, Uh, I survived, and praise the Lord for that. And at the same time, we need to realize that there's also false miracles. There is uh, a deception that is happening as well, and that comes from the enemy of God. And so we need to learn biblical discernment. We need to um, become wise in that regards and be on guard. Amen? Now, there's another group of people that is mentioned in the tribulation period. And that we read about in Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says that blessed, happy, favored is the person who reads this book. And there is such great comfort in these prophecies, even when we may not be fully be able to understand every single detail all the time. But one thing we can clearly understand, and that is uh, the 144,000 witnesses the Bible talks about. I want to read Revelation 7, verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And they were sealed in 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel. Now, there's some uh, who believe uh, that they are those 144,000. The Jehovah's Witnesses cult in particular believe that. Now, I don't fully understand that because they already got, unfortunately, over 8 million members. And so how that matches up with 144,000 is beyond me. But, you know, the fact of the matter is those are, uh, for the most part, extremely sincere people who are looking for the truth and, unfortunately, have been deceived by false teachers. Because let's look there in Revelation 7, verse 4. The Bible makes it very plain and very clear uh, who are those 144,000 witnesses. 
that uh, will uh, be on the earth during the tribulation. Uh, who can tell me who are those witnesses? Yes, brother. Indeed, we have very specific uh, descriptions of them. And look there, as you, as you look in verse 4, thank you, brother. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, it says, 144, uh, uh, 140 and 4,000 of what? Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Amen. And it goes on to, to, to go into detail. So this is not some, some picture, some spiritualization, uh, some, some metaphor of swords. No, this is actually literally uh, um, uh, 144,000 uh, uh, Israelites. You know, goes of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. And goes on and on and on uh, 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 from there. And to describe all 144,000. 44,000. Now, as we study uh, those witnesses, we see that they will uh, become um, worldwide evangelists. And they will be the one that will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ during this period of severe suffering and judgment. And aren't you glad that even as God's wrath is unhindered and unfiltered being poured out upon the wickedness in this world, that God even then still gives an opportunity for mercy and for salvation and for forgiveness. Amen? And the Bible says there will many uh, be saved and turned to the, uh, turn to the Lord. Um, but unfortunately, of course, they will suffer great persecution from the Antichrist's rule. There's many other individuals or groups that we see uh, in us tribulation period and and you know we we can in our study go into each and every one of them in in uh, you know detail <laughs> otherwise we'll we'll have this uh, bible college course for you know six months <laughs> um but there's uh, saints uh, uh that are mentioned so those that have come to faith in jesus christ who will be martyred for their faith uh we see uh, uh demons who will cause great damage great havoc on the earth we also see angels of God involved who, will give, um, who are given directions by God and they will do and accomplish what God tells them to do in many times in supernatural ways on the earth. And then there's uh, those two witnesses for Christ. And that's where we see uh, a correlation between Revelation chapter 11 and an Old Testament prophet in Zechariah chapter 4. And once again, how wonderful to see how the Bible is 100% consistent. And um, we see, uh, let's, let's go over there to Revelation chapter 11 and verse, um, in verse 3. Revelation chapter 11, verse 3. Who would like to read that for us, please? Thank you. Now, who's quick at math? <clears throat> How many years is that? Three and a half. Amen. <laughs> uh, that is three and a half years. Um, 
we find they are the ones who are um, uh, being otherwise also described in, in, in a symbol, in a picture that the Bible explains there in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And again, the Jews would have, uh, would have understood that illustration from Zechariah chapter 4. Now, these will be quite some unique individuals, these two guys. Uh, we are not exactly told who they will be or, or what their names are. Um, and, you know, some people may think, well, maybe this is, this is uh, you know, Elijah that has uh, returned to earth or, or maybe Moses. Um, but, you know, it could be uh, two completely different individuals that have uh, not, maybe not even yet been born. <laughs> but um, the fact of the matter is, they will great, accomplish great things for the glory of God. And we find uh, one thing that I'll be able to do is how a, a fire will proceed from their mouth to devour their enemies, how they will be able to um, uh, shut he- uh, heaven that it will not rain for the entirety of those three and a half years. And, you know, you can, of course, imagine what kind of a judgment uh, that would be upon uh, the earth and, and the food supply. Um, uh, we will see how uh, in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 11, how they will have power uh, over the water streams to turn them uh, to blood. And, of course, that's similar to what Moses did back in Egypt. Um, and they will have power to smite all the earth with uh, many different plagues. And, and once again, it's, it's, it's uh, what, what, what a uh, desperate cry of God and, and a really a very last-minute a message to mankind. It's like, guys, what else do I have to do to get your attention? You know, how, how desperate, how drastic do I have to go so that you will finally listen and repent and turn to Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth who loves you and who gave himself for you so that you would be saved and that you would be with him for all eternity and that uh, you would be restored uh, to um, uh, the wonderful fellowship and the glory that God had uh, initially intended for our life. And guess what? Mankind, for the great majority, will continue to be stubborn, will continue to um, reject uh, God and not receive his message. Matter of fact, they will turn against those messengers. And... um, why? You know, you wonder why? Why? I've often asked that myself, and then I look at my own life and say, why? <laughs> right? Why, Timothy? You know, do you not want to obey God so many times? Why do I know better and yet do differently? Right? Why? And it's the same reason why the unsaved sinful world will not receive anything of God, and it's, it's, it's our self-will. It's our self-will. We will not have God rule over us. We will not have God rule over us. And, um, and so it's man's old uh, pride and rebellion. And um, hence they miss out on the blessing and they miss out on the eternal future that they would have had under God's rule and submitting themselves to him. <laughs> you know, the beautiful truth though is we don't have to wait till the tribulation period to submit to King Jesus. Did you know that? That's why we just sang, I surrender all. Even I surrender all. And it's a beautiful song. I love it. 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to nitpick words, but, but you know, really, we, uh, more than just surrender, you know, surrender, right? We, we don't, we'd much rather even just want to submit voluntarily, right? You know, when you surrender, that's when you're up against the wall, so to speak, and you have no other option left, right? But when you submit, that's a voluntary decision that you do. And because you trust the one that you're submitting yourself to uh, or, or under. Um, now, what will all happen there in this tribulation period? And I, I want to look at a few things. Uh, again, <laughs> first, we can look at all the details. And so if you think I missed something, if you've if you got a question uh, about one of the events, you know, feel free to let me know, and I'll try to uh, mention it in our next lesson, all right? Um, but we find, of course, the rapture happens. Uh, as we see in the Scripture, the tribulation period begins uh, as the Antichrist has risen uh, to power for seven years on the earth. We find how he uh, rules for the first three and a half years, and uh, he gains power over the whole world and gains favor with uh, the nation of Israel in particular. And he makes a covenant with them there. We'll read about that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And then in the midst of the week, remember a week, in a prophetic week there in Daniel chapter 9 refers to a, a, a series of seven, and seven years in particular. Um, and, and so after the first three and a half years, we find how he will turn against the Jews, though. And um, uh, he will rule the earth in great rage and, you know, elevate himself as the new God of the world and all of that. Um, I want to look at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. So we've read there earlier. I um, just want to go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 4. How important this is to understand, amen, and, and understand properly. And you, you know, the Bible says there is uh, a way to rightly divide, rightly divide the word of truth, and that by implication means that there's also a way to wrongly divide and understand uh, the word of God. And so um, we, uh, we need to uh, be dil- uh, diligent to understand the Word of God in its entire context and to compare Scripture with Scripture, right? And to put the puzzle uh, pieces together the way the Lord meant it to be. And uh, one uh, uh, piece of the puzzle, so to speak, that we see popping up again and again, whether it be in Daniel, whether it be in Revelation, uh, is the abomination of desolation. Even the Lord Jesus Christ uh, talks about that. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, um, we believe is referring to that. It says there, uh, talking about the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. Now, have you ever experienced that kind of attitude already in this world? Where, where people or ways of thinking or maybe even other religions, elevate themselves above Jehovah God, the creator of heaven and earth? 
Well, yes, of course, amen. Matter of fact, probably almost on a daily basis, we meet people who, who are deceived into, well, really, worshiping themselves, essentially. They worship the creature more than the creator, right? And um, that is, we, we need to uh, realize all of that is, is, is part of that same uh, attitude, that same uh, agenda of the spirit of Antichrist. Who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so, of course, we see from a lot of uh, prophecies, even in the Old Testament, that there will be a third temple. It will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. And um, uh, we believe the uh, Antichrist will accomplish that, and he will exalt himself as the new God. (laughs) Um, in Mark chapter 13, verse 14, the Lord is referring to that abomination of desolation. And I'm just going to go ahead and read that to you. He will put himself up as the Messiah of the Jewish people, as the Savior of the world. And, and yet, mankind has been warned, <laughs> amen, if we would just listen, right? Mark 13, verse 14. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. And there's a good reason for God's uh, warning here through Jesus. Um, because the Antichrist will be preparing a massacre of the Jewish people. And... Um, this massacre will be so terrible that it is prophesied in the Bible um, that, that it'll, it'll even outdo the, um, the horrors uh, and the wickedness of the Holocaust, the genocide of the Jews under the Nazis in Europe, and will be one of the worst slaughters uh, or genocide of the Jews. And, of course, we see then the Antichrist, who's filled with Satan, will go against God and, of course, against everything that is dear to God. And that's in particular the Jewish people, uh, the Old Testament nation of Israel. Um, he will then institute himself as the ultimate idol to be worshipped. And we see how he will uh, gain control of the whole world over the food supply, over, the, uh, over uh, money, the fiscal systems, over... Um, over the entire economy, and with that, of course, also politically. And, uh, you know, that's where you'll find a lot of conjecturing and a lot of guesswork happening. And, you know, I mean, call me fool if you want, but I just believe I just take the word of God at face value. I I believe it literally. And if I'm crazy for that, well, then I'm just crazy. Amen. (laughs) And, um, And that's where we... Read in Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. I understand we're we're looking at a lot here covering a ton of ground. Um, But I'm just trying to give us some some basic indicators to to understand all these these prophecies prophecies in the the, uh, uh, light of the entire scripture and make sense of the puzzle a little bit at least. Amen. And we read there about the mark of the beast. Who's heard about the mark of the beast before, amen? <laughs> Probably all of us. Um, there's a lot of talk about that. And so we want to read this here in Revelation 13, verse uh, 15. 
And he, talking about that false prophet, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and so that's the, the, the idol of the Antichrist, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So this is, verse 15 is super important because we first see here there's a spiritual aspect to all of that. The reason why the Antichrist is seeking world power and, and, and gain it too uh, with the uh, uh, help of, of Satan's demons is, is not because he's just, you know, this, this evil Bond villain who just seeks to dominate the world. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's not because, well, he's just, you know, addicted to being rich or something. It is all uh, because there is a spiritual uh, agenda uh, driving all of that that is obviously anti God. And so even uh, his economic, his political system, and the mark of that beast will first and foremost indicate a spiritual loyalty. All right? Now that is super important to understand because uh, it is only then that we can uh, really make sense of, of God's um, treatment of this mark of the beast. Verse 16 in Revelation 13. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And then notice in verse 18, I believe the, the mark of the beast is being clearly describe what it will be here is wisdom let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is 603 score and six so that is 666 right and say well what is the big deal about those three numbers um and we don't have all those details given, right? We don't have the exact details given of how that will be, you know, put into the people's right hand or their foreheads. Uh, we don't have all the details given in this prophecy, how that will enable the Antichrist to um, control the entire world economy and to control who buys or sells something. You know, the technology of course, is already there today um, with, you know, uh, microchips and all of that technology. Uh, this, this would be easily possible today, um, whereas in centuries past, this may have sounded a bit fantastic, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, today, this is, this is uh, you know, seems almost inevitable by, by now um, to be happening. But the fact of the matter is we haven't been given this exactly in detail, all right? The only description that we do have is that it will be a number that is 666 put into their right hand or into their foreheads. And so guess what? I will utterly refuse to go beyond that. I, I just won't. Because especially as, as someone who claims to preach the word of God, I, I, I would do, do a terrible disservice to anyone by you know, trying to, to go beyond what God's word actually does say. Amen. Now, you know, there's a lot of ideas, you know, we, we may have and, and a lot of things. Oh, yeah, that, that would line up. Oh, that, that's interesting, you know. Um, 
And, and like I mentioned, you know, it's, it's very easily, easily to be seen how this is all in, in great preparation uh, for that time of the Antichrist already today, you know. Uh, I mean, you just need to look at the laws that are being prepared and passed uh, as we speak uh, for a digital currency, a digital ID, um, the censorship laws uh, of the entire Internet that just passed um, in our country and so, you know, there's no question that this is all possible and this is all in preparation. But how exactly that will look like, I refuse to go beyond what the Bible did tell us. All right. Um, and so uh, that's why I don't need to wonder. Well, am I maybe accidentally run into the Antichrist somehow and be smacked with the mark of the beast? <gasps> oh, God's going to judge me and now oh, it's going to be all awful. I'm not wondering about that one second, folks. I really am not. And here's why. Because of the verse of scripture we began with in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know what? I do not belong to the mystery of iniquity. I'm bought and purchased for all eternity with the precious blood of Christ. And with that, I belong to his kingdom. And Satan can never have my soul. And um, I love the truth of the word of God. I am saved. I believe the truth. And I seek to not have pleasure in righteousness, but rather delight in the things of God and God says, you know what? You have an immunity against the Antichrist. Because you need to be willingly, spiritually blind. You need to be with open eyes rejecting the plain truth of God's word in order to fall for the Antichrist deception. And so unless uh, you know, you're doing that, guess what? I believe you're safe and secure. And uh, your job is rather to keep your eyes upon Jesus Christ. The author and finisher of our salvation, the blessed hope of his return. All right? And so that is very important for us, um, I think, to keep the right focus. All right? Now, we ought not be ignorant of Satan and his devices. We shouldn't be scared neither. All right? We shouldn't be scared. We don't need to be intimidated. Amen? And so with that, let's close. And, uh, you know, understand we've, we've gone through, through a lot of material uh, this morning. And again, uh, let me encourage you, feel free to come up after, uh, uh, after the services to me or, or phone, text me. If you've got questions about this, I want to make sure that we are able to answer those in the following lessons too, all right? Father, we want to thank you for the comfort of your word. Well, we appreciate so much, Lord, that you haven't left us in the dark in complete uncertainty. And Lord, that we know that we're safe and secure in your hand. Oh, God, we pray for this world around us, Lord, that so badly needs you. Father, would you bring many more souls into the safe folds of the Savior's hand? And, God, we pray for the morning service to come. Would you please bless it in a mighty way? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we'll take a little break and then uh, start our morning service. <laughs>